Welcome to All Access Automation, the Raboyo podcast where we talk all things automation, digital transformation, and business innovation. We'll be taking a behind the scenes look at some of the most exciting solutions and emerging technologies that create long lasting impact. And we'll also be discussing some of the key sticking points and challenges of implementing a first class hyper automation strategy. We hope you enjoy episode one from All Access Automation. Welcome everyone to our very first episode of our All Access Automation podcast. The podcast where we want to speak about how you can drive process excellence with hyper automation and, and really create a, an impact to your organization, to how it performs and how it lives in the world. Um, and we vow here, um, following our, our values we live we live and work every day by, um, that we're going to share, because sharing is caring, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, nothing but the truth and uh, share a couple of good points, bring as well interesting speakers whenever we can here um, from the industry, from our organization, from all tiers of the different um, roles interacting with our industry space here and make it a, a listen well, worthwhile, listen, listen and view actually. So I'm Martin Kraft, CRO of, of Roboyo and I um, it's the first time I host a podcast, moderate a podcast. And as it's done these days, um, I asked ChatGPT, how, how is that done? Um, actually got a couple of, of good tips. So thanks, AI. Thanks, Google on steroids. Um, it was helpful. Um, and the one, the, the biggest takeaway was if you want to have a very good post- podcast, First thing, realize that you're not the star of the show, which strikes my ego really bad, but okay, okay, I'll try to cope with it. The second one is, if you want to cook a very good meal, you should make sure that you bring the best chefs you can possibly bring. And with that, I, I'd like to introduce my, my guests here today, my, my partners in crime here, um, Dirk Weinheimer, CEO of Americas, and uh, Dominic Kruger, CEO of Europe, so two of the uh, most insightful and smartest people I, I ever met. Uh, very happy to have you here on this very first episode. And as we just chatted before recording, yes, we are nervous and let's see where we go. But why don't you just introduce yourself with like just challenger, first challenge of this of this podcast with one sentence. <laughs> Could it be a long run on sentence? <laughs> I was waiting for Dirk to reply first so that I have more time to put a lot of, you know, commas in my sentence. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, listen. I'm uh, yeah. I'm happy to to go and uh, and look. I think I have the coolest job out there, so uh, happy to talk about it. Um, as you said, you know, chief exec for the Americas region uh, at Rebolio, which means I've got the responsibility for operations, delivery, growth of the region. Um, I basically uh, have spent my entire career driving tech-enabled business transformation, um, and for the past several years, I've focused on intelligent automation. Um, as I believe the you know, look the ROI and speed to value, it's unrivaled. And it's just a super exciting area to be in right now. So that was a very long run on sentence for you. We didn't even cover like on the typical CV points where you spend some time and th- there could have been like some side sentences in there. <laughs> I agree. There were some great out ones. So um, that's that's a cool thing to be second, I would say, uh, because I just have to say I'm Dirk's counterpart in Europe. 
<laughs> also the effect region that makes it much easier. So already done. Um, but I think something to mention is that, um, you know, I'm consulted by trade, always worked in the industry with customers and, uh, a little bit shy of five years as a boy now. And I have to say, because it's also, you know, part of the podcast, I have to say that every year or maybe even every half year was so different, not because of Roboyo have evolved a lot, but also how the whole landscape of automation has evolved. And that's why I'm yeah pretty excited to be here today. So thanks for the invite, Martin. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. Yeah, and uh, you're, you're touching on a, a very true thing there, right? The, the pace of this industry, how this market is developing is, is quite astonishing. And as well with other markets I've worked in, I've, I've never experienced anything like that. That's quite a, it's quite a journey here. Cool. Um, so now your CEOs, leaders of our organization here, quite, quite important people here. Um, but there's always a story behind the name, behind the title, right? Would you, would you mind sharing like a bit of the, say like a one milestone, one, one relation or whatever, looking back over the years where you say this was absolutely crucial to get me where I am today? Yeah, Doug, if, if I might start. I have to say I found it quite hard to find actually one milestone because I think in the end, you know, uh, what makes you as a person, but also maybe as a professional, I think it's maybe a, a, a big sum of all the things you have experienced, you have done, you have done successfully, but maybe also uh, the fuck-ups that happened and everything. So I think in the end, it's hard to say to really say that was the one thing that was pivotal or so. But if I have to pick one, though, yeah, just to answer really the question, don't be a politician here, is that um, I spent some time um, in Australia and worked uh, for Deloitte Australia, actually. And um, I have to say that I was really inspired by my boss back there, back then, because he he showed me how different you can do stuff also in our let's say more advisory consulting oriented world because he was very untraditional uh, he went to 120 concerts uh, a year he was doing consulting the different way um, very away from what maybe people expect what consultants have to be and what i learned was um that i think it just can be brave enough to actually you know do that job that i love so much also in a different way and also maybe designing our company together what we do now Roboyo and shaping here is that there's maybe different ways how we can really partner with customers, how we can treat ourselves within the company and so much more that I think that was something that I have to say, this experience and really learning and working with this person um, was for me something very unique and I'm always grateful for. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And and I do, I love this question. And actually, just like Dami said, I, I think that probably the simple answer is um, that all my past experiences, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, they've all they've all come together to make me, uh, you know, who I am and what I am today. But, um, but I do agree there, there's probably, there's certain experiences that have helped shape me. Um, and by the way, I should say, as a side note, uh, I'm by no means the perfect leader and have it all figured out. Right. And, and, and I guess maybe that's the the first lesson that I learned early on is uh, that it is important to stay humble. Um, and as soon as you start to think that you're so amazing and have it all figured out, that's when, uh, the reality check is right around the corner. Right. Um, we always have more to learn, but, um, but I guess if I had to um, say one thing uh, to answer your question, um, I think I've always, since day one of my professional career, I've had a focus on staying relevant. Um, and this particularly was important during my my time in consulting prior to Reboyo. If I wasn't relevant or adding value to my clients, I knew I was done and I wouldn't get staffed on any of the on any project, uh, much less the cool ones, right, that I wanted to be on. And so I always tried 
to have a pulse on the market, on the industry trends, on what our customer needs were. Um, and then I'd take the initiative to, you know, learn the skills or gain the experiences that I needed to be the one that delivered against these trends or needs. And I think this ongoing focus on value and relevance, it's, yeah, look, it shaped me into, into who I am today largely. And I think it, it still serves me well as I interact with our customers, um, but also the, you know, my internal teams here at Roboido. Um, and in fact, I think it's exactly why I'm in intelligent automation field today, right? As I quickly saw its potential um, and its relevance uh, to the market today. Guys, F is our first. Martin, what would you say? Because maybe, uh, you know, <laughs> it was a pretty big record here already. <laughs> we have, um, well, we're here to have a chat. That's absolutely all right. And I actually, would, both answers strike me as very wise. And I would wrap them up and use them for my answer. I think there are two main factors for, for whatever you do in life. One is attitude and the other one is, is mentoring, mentorships. So basically looking in both your directions there. Uh, and I can say for sure in, in my professional career, um, to, to keep moving forwards, um, attitude is, is quite an important thing that you challenge yourself, that you take up the fight. And as, as Han Solo says, don't tell me my odds. Um, I think that's a, a, yeah, that sentence, uh, keeps me going for, for a while now already as the movies are quite old now. Um, and the other one is, is mentoring. Um, I think it's very fair to say if you don't get persons to support you, to help you, to, to learn from, um, to spar with, to challenge you, Tommy, mm. <laughs> then, um, then, then it's a way harder time. And as well for keeping this reality check and so on and, and stay humble, it, it's necessary that you get good people, uh, you're working for, you're working with, you're learning from around you. Um, so basically like everyone who we are is always a result of as well of the people around we uh, we see and work with and interact every day. That's so. Well, before we go all the philosophical route, and if you're listening now, you will you might want to say, and what the hell does that have to do with automation and with process excellence? Of course, nothing. <laughs> but uh, um, but at the end of the day, everything. Because um, at least at Roboyo, we're we're keeping a couple of values very close to our heart, where we say. Um, authenticity and, and, and values is so important. And only if you live that, that you can actually do a good job. And doing a good job um, is, of course, what we're here for. Um, and but Martin, look, you already said, uh, may I challenge you already? Because you said, what does it have to do with automation? And I think we froze the exclusion. And, you know, we're just a few minutes in and I started already. Um, but I have to say, I would say that, um, let's say, leadership or, you know, um, is, I think, crucial to have an quite successful automation initiative or being at an operation excellence initiative because in the end you know I think yes there are some prerequisites like maybe you need the budget and the time capacity of the people um, um, at the workplace you work at but in the end maybe you don't have it and you also you know already have to pitch for it and you have to lead the way and be the role model because we know that not everybody starts you know in a full-fledged uh, ready-to-go program and gets you know from his or her boss the uh let's say uh the route this is how we go forward so i would say it's quite crucial maybe to also you know being being a leader in this space being a leader in a company to actually make that work right and i think leadership for me is nothing that is just attached to let's say top level yeah. leadership it starts everywhere and um, and it is everywhere yeah well said sir thanks so to, to challenge back 
as we're a, a consulting company, sir. Um, how do you think we we make a difference and impact to our clients' lives with that, what you just said? I mean, providing leadership, providing consulting, we're not the leaders there per se, right? What would you say how does both, both of you, and potentially maybe you can flavor that with a bit of the cultural differences between Europe and, and US, which I think they are there. We do have a common value base, but we still pick considerably different. What would you say? How do we translate the concept of leadership as a, and I agree with what you said, I mean, as usual, uh, I I agree, but how how can we, from our perspective, bring that to clients to make a difference? Yeah. So just as a good question, so the thoughts for me, like obviously clients a lot, you know, they, they come to us maybe with initial thinking that, you know, they need the technical expertise or the knowledge around automation or, you know, some other sub subject matter, you know, knowledge that we have. But actually at the end of the day, a lot of it does come down to our role to help lead the, our customers onto a successful journey through automation, right? And it, it does take that leadership around, you know, here's, here's how you should think about things. Here's, you know, implications of these decisions versus these. Um, and actually, you know, showing them away a little bit, um, even if it is that behind the scenes coach. But I think there is a big element of leadership um, as we, you know, help our customers get from starting point to a successful finish. But I don't know, Bob, what do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't say that it's in particular at that point, I'm not sure if the European and the US world is actually so different because exactly, uh, because I agree, I think, um, especially if you're starting something, you maybe need, uh, as, as Dirk said, some coaching, maybe some content, maybe some inside out view, what are others doing and actually to maybe, you know, create a very strong argumentation for why is it really absolutely needed to act and what do we do? And I think then it's important, I think, um, Coming also to leadership principles, there is not just telling telling us the customers or like re representatives of the customers to say this is the way how you need to go about it. It's really also listening and really um, understanding the point of the current point um, where the customer where the customer or the company is at, right? And it's not just a one size one size fits all solution. It's really more like okay, how can we use our expertise and our learnings from from different fields and also then to the particular situation and actually then the way together like jointly and making the point and you know sometimes it's even maybe the customer representative is or herself doing that point but sometimes you know it's also supportive um if we support them you know in let's say exact meetings or whatever is needed i think in the end whatever fits the bill i think if i learned something in the last 10 15 years it's that this one let's say standard way of doing is not existing yeah? and there is not like a blueprint you can put on everything. Um, yes, it definitely helps you as a starting point to see what maybe you should consider. But in the end, um, businesses, cultures, human beings are so different that it always has a lot of flavor to it. And I think the success criteria can be a little bit different depending on the situation and timing and everything. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually like to double click on that, uh, so to say, because in, in I mean, as well, looking back over the years, I, I had many, many pitches with clients, conversations, early conversations, qualification conversations, like as you do in a in a sales perspective, right? You have the first talks with the clients. And whenever, um, because I, I hear you now as, a, as saying the bespoke solution is always preferable to the standard solution, right? I think there's a trap built in into that uh, comment, not disagreeing necessarily, but maybe worth a, 
a another round of thoughts. Um, whenever I we approached with this platform thought, with this white thinking, with this open ground, the green field, and now let's build the house which fits your needs. I see, I've seen so many times that that um, organizations shy away from that because it's quite a, a burden. It's a challenge, right? It, it is this, if you don't know exactly what you want to build, then this is more, then freedom is more a confusion. Then, then it's more like a, oh, okay, a complete empty yard. What? I don't know what I, I, I'm looking for advice, what I'm going to build and not like for the complete freedom, especially for us as consultants. I think we carry quite a responsibility to say, yes, bespoke is the answer at the end of the day, but here are guardrails, here are examples you can look into, as you said, the some blueprints, let's figure out which one is the right one. So as so often in life, maybe, maybe the gray is the place to be. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe the way I think about it and interest in your thoughts as well, Dami Martin, it's about there, there's freedom within the framework, right? Like companies have their own individual objectives, priorities, right? Things that are important for them to be successful, you know, during this year or whatever it might be. And that's that's the unique part that you've got to understand what those are so that as you're driving, you know, automation or whatever you're doing, that it's hitting objectives that are meaningful for the business. Now, that being said, there's, there is, to your point, a right way and a wrong way to go about it, right? There are, there's a bad path and a good path, and that's where we can't help them with that framework in terms of this is the best way to get there, but it's got to be the there, the endpoint has to be bespoke and unique to the, to the client or to the customer is the way I think about it. Makes yeah. sense. Agreed. Agreed, Dirk. I think, uh, and also Martin, thanks for challenging back. Um, but I think, uh, as you said, I think there are certain... The, I think there is room. There, there is a space for something called best practices in a way, and they're there for a reason. That doesn't mean that every best practice is maybe right for the company, but I think that's definitely important to look at them because why would you do all the failures and uh, really go into every trap, even though it's unnecessary? <laughs> so I think that's definitely true as well. So as you said, I think it depends a lot on at what stage you are, um, how generally, let's say, initiatives run, how. The digital um, awareness is, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many contract points, but I, I'm, I'm, if you're completely at the beginning, uh, you're absolutely right, Martin. I think the freedom can be overwhelming, and then it's nicer to start with something and then adjust while you're doing something to what fits then best the bill for the company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're giving me both the perfect segue there because we uh, went a bit astray to to the different topics. I had prepared for the for the chat with you guys, but it's all good, all great. Um, but maybe it would be fair if I bring one of the a question I wanted to ask you quite early in our chat up uh, now. Um, could you as well give me one sentence? And I think that fits quite good now. Um, how would you describe what we actually do? What's our mission here? But what does Roboyo deliver to the world? Why do we have a right to exist? Dirk, you go first this time. <laughs> Yeah, no, good. So, all right, I'm going to try and do it in one sentence now. Um, I would say that we use technology to do the things that humans can't do or don't want to do so that humans can be human and businesses can do their business better. How about that? <laughs> I like it. I, I hope my colleagues from the marketing team have, have taken notes and... <laughs> I'm going to use that one. So, Tommy, the challenge for you is you cannot simply say, I agree. 
you have to give us your sentence. Uh, okay. Uh huh. So I would say, and again, it will be a long sentence. Uh, I would say we drive the digital agenda of companies by applying, um, by applying by applying technology that's quick to implement and delivers fast impact, while not neglecting the operation excellence that lives in every process, meaning uh, it's important that we also look that the process is right and prepared and or the area of business for an application is right and correct to be implemented in or whatever. It makes no sentence anymore. I screwed it up a bit, but that's also maybe, you know, something that, that. when you have too many constraints, it only can sometimes yeah. Yeah. narrow yeah. speed. Why do you like putting these constraints on us? It's just one thing again. <laughs> yeah. I was prepared for a pitch, but not for the one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you do the time? I understand where I was yeah. getting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first, yeah. first half sentence was still, I would say, okay, but that's, that's reality. If you want to rephrase with, and I allow you for a couple of grammar sentences, anything to add? <laughs> Let's put the constraints away and just keep it brief. No. I think um, I always say like um, our world ends where maybe let's say the big backend automation like EMP CRM begins, but we are there when it has to be quick, when it has to be agile and when it's close to the business, I would say. I think not that we're not working with IT, but I think you can consider us as your automation operation excellence partner if you want to drive quick business impact. Nice. Nice. And now, Dami, I think we need to start putting constraints on Martin. So, Martin, you got to finish the rest of the podcast with only two and a half questions. You see me? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> I thought you say something like not you only using these and that words. That will be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> no, yeah. No vowels. No what? <laughs> I, uh, thanks for that, guys. I, I think it's quite interesting to hear how there's still a, a different flavor to how you bring the same stuff forward. And even though that we went, spent quite some time in talking about go-to-market strategy and stuff and right and how to express this to the world, and still you can, I bet if you would ask like like Isabel or, or Brian or uh, Nick or anybody from our global leadership team, or then whoever from the company, you would get quite different answers. And I think that's, that's good. It's showing the diversity of brains we have going here. Um, while as long as we're still going in the same direction, and I heard the same things there, and I, I wholeheartedly agree, it's about the living close to the business, the, the business processes, and we want to make them work with the use of technology to 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 make a difference how they currently perform. Right. The only thing I would throw in there is is, is this ambition. I surely always want to throw in the ring. If we if we go out there with a we want to be three percent better, then that's not enough. I think it should be a timestamp thinking and it might just be doubling the performance not just i mean that's already quite all right right but if we if we think in increments then then we're not going to change anything we're not going to move the needle don't think in plus three percent think in plus three hundred percent that's the mindset at least yeah. driving me always forwards and then i just wanted to throw that in the, with the yeah. rest of that's yeah, the like next it. sentence from the house <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for correcting, Martin. Yeah. Oh, not correcting. It's it's addition. It's collaborative effort, right? <laughs> um, but but looking at that, I mean, that was now we talked a lot about how what what 
we think about us and how we work and what we what we believe in, which is, as we said, authenticity. This is important. It's that's what we want to share as well in this format here. Um, but we touched in the in the intros on man that the years are flying by and God, how much is changing and how fast, right? What's your view at the industry right now? And as well, if you compare to like a couple of years back as we are now already for a couple of years in this space, and when you look at the industry, what are the most remarkable things you you, you say, wow, this is, this is game changing or this is an astonishing development? Um, anything, any thoughts to share there? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm happy to, to give my thoughts. If you want to go. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, please start. Um, yeah, I guess I I would say that the industry as a whole, it has made a shift from hype to reality, or at least, or at least it's getting there. Right. I remember, you know, the last five six years um, when RPA was first making its waves. If you just if you just listen to the marketing messages, you would think that RPA would you know, save your company billions of dollars overnight and also, you know, do your laundry while you sleep, right? It was basically the miracle <laughs> drug, right? That's, that's and, GPT now. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, look, of course, that that's not, not true. And I think um, I think that now we have a much better sense of where it can provide value and where it cannot. And also, I'd say one of the things that I'm happy about is that automation today is not just seen as RPA anymore, right? It's a much broader... Um, you know, ecosystem of technologies, right? If I can use that phrase, that they come together to solve, you know, real business problems in the end. Um, and also it's, I also think it's been, it's becoming, it, it's seen as, as a way to augment um, what humans do, right? It's, it's not, it's not, it's not a full replacement um, for the human workforce, but it's something that's going to augment them and make what they do, you know, better um, and more efficient. And also in, in some cases do some things that humans can't do. Um, and then I guess the other, Thing I'll say about the industry as a whole is that intelligent automation, it's moving from some little side project to major strategic initiatives, right? Companies that are recognizing its value um, and, and that it can actually provide a real competitive advantage if taken seriously. And that's back to your point, Martin, about don't do the 3%, right? Take it seriously, go for the 200%. Um, and then maybe that's, look, that's the, that's the thought I'll end right? If you're, if you're going to do automation, then do it for real, do it at scale. If you just want to play around with it and automate a couple of finance processes or, you know, as some pet project, then, then don't waste your time or money. The real value comes from approaching it as a strategic imperative um, and at scale. And I think that's the big lesson of today, my view. What, what's, your, what's your gut feel there? Is, is, are most of the clients actually, of the organizations actually going for the taking it serious mode or is there still like a, a slumbering group out there in the market or... Yeah. I think more and more, there's two things happening. The first movers that, that have been out there in the market that have tested it and tried it as a project, they've gotten to the point where it's proven and they're ready to take it to scale and then move into programs. And then what's happening is the other companies that have been more the, the, the followers, if you will, they have seen the success of other companies. And so they start at a, at a higher level, right? They, they've already seen, okay, I don't, we don't need to start with the one little thing. We can go ahead and go straight to a program because these other guys over there have already proven it. So we're, I'm kind of seeing that a bit in the market um, where there is a, a definite trend towards let's take this seriously. It's not hundred percent, but I, I can see the trend. Yeah. And if I may answer the question, even from, let's say, stepping even a further step back and looking at not only, let's say, oper like automation as a topic or intelligent automation, however we say, 
what we label now as the industry and maybe look at operation excellence as a total and maybe automation is one mean to the goal of having a operational ready and uh, efficient organization i would say what really struck me is like maybe 12 50 years ago when i did my first uh, project in that field you know it was very lean driven was very process heavy and improvement oriented and yes technology was always a thing you looked at um but it was very much an it or very much an tech play. So it was like, okay, that sounds all very manual, but maybe we can do something bigger to to fix it. And I think what's really nice to see is like today and also almost that was almost I was forced into technology as well. At a certain point it wasn't enough anymore. And you saw like really the convergence of operation excellence is just not possible without technology anymore. So it's kind of it doesn't go hand in hand. I think nobody would uh would you know even give you a contract anymore as an operation excellence consultant if you cannot cover at least a fair amount of tech? And I think that's good <laughs> because it is the reality. And the tech can also be doesn't have to be that expensive, right? And has doesn't have to take forever to give also like quicker solutions to certain business problems to be solved. And I think if you talk about you know speed and what really changed, I think for me it's kind of was impressive to see. How quickly, and also that say this new wave of automation tech, you know, hyper automation, intelligent automation, whatever phrase we use, how quickly it has evolved, and also the capabilities of the technologies have evolved. It also, you know, tells me a little bit, yeah, they're here to stay. Yeah. And I think there's a coexistence also within the back end tech in a way. But I think that's, yeah, that's quite impressive also to see how, like, let's say, a very old fashioned like operation excellence is around for everyone, but was really kind of almost disrupted by technology as well. That the, almost this industry of pure operational excellence consulting is also not existing anymore. Yeah? And I think also I think if you know big companies are listening and if you work if you run maybe a process improvement practice within a company or something like that, I would always think about how do we bring the technology lens much closer to that and how can this be also much a joint effort with IT or clear distinction between that i think that's that's for me now crucial in this case yeah yeah to just use up half a question uh because that was the first one now half a question uh how do you see that changing in the next like this year in the next year in the next 12 to 18 months is, is there any big trend you you that under the fingernails you mean like from a technology point of view or in general <laughs> for our Let's say hyper automation, yeah, industry game process excellence yeah. flavored, whatever you want to call it. I I think you know typically I think there is reality and there are trends. I think the trends that maybe say hey hyper automation is there and now we come to the conversion of you know people using uh, different technology types like RPA process mining, conversational AI altogether. I think it's the talk maybe that it's a trend is maybe already out there for two or three years, but I think the the adoption away from just the early adopters, I think, is finally happening. And I think, as usual, I think early adopters do maybe a lot of learnings in that field. And when the big wave of uh, adoption comes, I think that's where we see then also the bigger enterprise impact. And I think for me, especially, as you said, the next six to 18 months, I think we will see companies that have done that step and also with full, with, with big ambitions to actually really do it and also are not only, you know, time-wise invested in that, but also from like the commitment they have within the organizations will outperform, I think, massively those that are more single technology oriented or still haven't really figured out how do we deal also with other 
technologies that are in-house. I think that's for me um, maybe still an old trend in a way from just putting it on paper, but really seeing it across the businesses is still for me the number one uh, point I'm expecting and already seeing in a way as well. Yeah. yeah, same. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, spot on. So basically, I, I really liked your the, the very how you opened your more than one sentence. Uh, for them, with saying this, I, I was not counting. This was not a challenge. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, the there's the trend and there's reality. So, yeah. Yeah. have I understood you correctly in saying reality is slowly catching up with last year's trend? Exactly. That's the least, and they're getting there. That's becoming a reality. Spot mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Well summarized. Uh, yeah. So, um, guys, we're, we're coming close to uh, to the closing of our session here let's let's try to wrap it up and in that process it was a pleasure speaking to you for sure um but i'm going to use my my last question i'm i'm allowed to ask you based on your challenge uh tell tell everyone listening in right now something we don't know yeah um what's on that that's a good one martin um so let me give it a shot um, so I would say as, so as futuristic and advanced as intelligent automation is, the things that actually slow us down the most when we're working on a customer project, they're often the most basic and old school things. Um, it's things like system access, finding time on someone's calendar, um, not agreeing what the requirements of future state design should be, um, right. And the projects and programs that run the best for us are those where a senior executive has made it clear. This is priority um, and needs to be taken seriously. Otherwise, all the typical roadblocks and change management challenges, they come into play. And so I guess it's always amazing to me that as cool as the tech is that we work with, at the end of the day, it comes down to change management. So the tech is actually the easy part, as ironic or surprising as that might sound. So I guess that's my that's my nugget. Knowledge nugget. Love it. It's a great one, Doug. I don't know how to top it. And I think... What what is what is really unknown apart from the fact that I had a nice muesli for breakfast? Um, <laughs> I to be honest, I think that's that's also interesting in tech. To be honest, I think everything is was and is already there, right? And it's like kind of recooked all the time. So that's why I found this question particularly hard to answer because for me it's more like what old learnings can I apply again? Because in the end, I think it's a lot of stuff was already learned and done. So that's why I would leave it as such. Don't come up with something that I just uh, pull out of, uh, like, just put out of my pockets here and and rumble anything up. So I just leave it as such. It's <laughs> a good one. That's a fair one, guys. I enjoyed opening our our episode and the very first episode and the series of episodes with you guys. Uh, as I told you, I couldn't have wanted for any better better guests here on the uh, on the show here. Um, for everyone listening in. I would say, um, with a with the words of immortal Dr. Dre, I hope you're ready for the next episode. Um, there's going to be many more. We're, we're already pulling together the speakers, the, the guests, the topics um, as well. Of course, reach out to us, send us your. I'd like you to uh, to hear talking about X Y Z. Um, we we want to engage with our community, with our client community, and everyone out there with um, with interest in getting access to automation right all access automation um that's the clear goal the clear aim we have for this podcast it should be informative it is there to 
to speak about the truth um, of everyday life in this space, not only from our consulting consultant perspective, um, but for everyone here in this space. So looking forward to many more conversations there. Um, many thanks and appreciation to my guests here today. Um, Thank you. Stay tuned for the next episode when we see you again and have all access on automation. Yeah, thanks, Martin. Thanks, Dave. This was fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.